0: Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world with your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today, we're visiting with Crystal and Rachel from joypatrolparty.com and the Joy Patrol Podcast. Thanks so much for being here, ladies.
0: Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited. We are so excited. (laughs) Great. I'm so happy to have you here. Yay. We were just making faces at our cat. (laughs) 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 finding joy joy in all the moments (laughs) exactly
1: now you beautiful ladies are actually on the cusp of kind of a new adventure you just had a big move and tell me what's going on
0: yeah so we just moved from chicago to north carolina Mm -hmm. as a step in our grand plans to do what you are doing and get an rv and travel the country and eat wow food everywhere
1: (laughs) Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Eat all the things exactly.
0: everywhere. Exactly. Yep, yeah.
1: That's awesome. I love it. Um, so,
0: North Carolina, wow, that's like a huge change from Chicago. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was intentional. We um, Our initial plan was to just go straight into RVing, and then that was a little overwhelming yep. for us be, being in Chicago and just all of the moving parts that had to happen. So, we realized. We sat down one day and said, "Well, what are the things that we want to get out of this?" Right. And what can we what steps can we take that are fulfilling some of these things that are moving us closer to doing the RV thing. So mm-hmm. we wanted to get out of Chicago. We wanted to get away from Chicago winters.
2: Right. We wanted better weather. We wanted to be closer to nature. We wanted to still be in a fairly progressive environment. So we're not in the in the um, in the rural North Carolina, we're in Chapel Hill. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we, um, we wanted,
0: wanted to be near friends and have more access to RV culture. So we could learn a little more bit more about it. Because mm-hmm. in Chicago, it you know, Chicago is not a hotbed of RV activity. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to have the room in right in the middle of the city. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. we, you know, we want to do some research because I am a researcher big exactly. time. Um, and, you know, sort of do some practice runs or something. And that was just proving to be logistically difficult. I don't ever like to say impossible, but it was, it was a lot more, more more difficult in Chicago. So we wrote out all of the, the things we were looking for, and we also wanted to be near friends, and we realized, okay, Chapel Hill it is. Yep.
1: Yeah, why not, right? Why not?
0: So we sold most of our belongings because uh-huh. um, we, we wanted to downsize as, as a first step because we had a 1,500-square-foot apartment in Chicago, which was Mm -hmm. more than we ever want to have again. (laughs)
2: Yeah, we were throwing things away left and right.
1: (laughs) Isn't it amazing? It's truly amazing what you accumulate. It
0: is. And our apartment before that was like 1,800 square feet. And I just like, I don't ever, I don't want that much space because you just fill it with stuff that you don't need. You do. Um,
1: it's like a void and everything comes rushing in to fill it. Seriously. It it's like people people yeah. are allergic to
0: empty shelves.
1: They're just like, well, right? I have to put the thing there. Empty so shelves
2: cool. of, <laughs> of horror vacuum as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they, they do. They so do. You know, um, that was kind of our thing. And... I was amazed. I was truly amazed. Like, when we, we had a house in Texas first, and um, and we were there for, like, six or seven years, and it's a big house and, I think, four bedrooms and mm-hmm. whatever and big garage and all that, and it didn't look cluttered. That's like, nice. if you came over, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, you're a hoarder. I mean, <laughs> you would have thought that later with all the stuff that we had, but... You know, looking around, it was like, oh, like, this is well decorated and it's comfortable and, you know, we have, like, anything you could possibly want, um, you know, canapé plates for specific happy hour <laughs> themes right. and, like, whatever, Right. <laughs> Um, and so we did all this downsizing and I feel like I got rid of like so much stuff before we moved to New England. Um, we had like three enormous, like enormous garage sales. We had, um, just whatever, you know, selling everything left and right on Craigslist, donating, like giving it to friends and family, like anything. Um, and we still had the biggest moving truck Mm -hmm. and overflowed that and had to have a U-Haul trailer that we towed with our SUV. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, crazy, and so then by the time that we got to New Hampshire, like, we lived in Connecticut for a time, and then we moved to New Hampshire, and in Connecticut, we knew we were only there for a time, so we didn't really do any downsizing because we didn't know what we would need, like, eventually, Um, and then we were in New Hampshire, and we had the farm, and let me tell you, you want to talk about accumulating stuff, have a farm, Um, (laughs) and everything was just packed, 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 Um, my basement, I mean, it was a full-size, you know, the house was like 3,000 square feet. It was a full basement, and the size of the house, and Mm -hmm. it was just absolutely packed with farm stuff and and stuff. I even moved from Texas, and we were talking five years later, I still had some of the same curtains, and I was (laughs) never going to use that. Right. I mean, what was that? You know, how does that happen? But it's like it was in the corner of the basement. I didn't have to see it. You know, it was in its little Rubbermaid tote, like, you know, all protected from dust. And there it was. And it was there for five years. I moved it like six different times. Yep. It's amazing the stuff that we have that we don't need.
0: I know. My my family, for for a while, I was the only one with a, like, stable residence because my sister Mm -hmm. was in school and my mom was traveling the world and, you know. Oh, sad, she was traveling the world, but oh, yeah. <laughs> she she sent me boxes and boxes and boxes of all of our family stuff, so mm-hmm. I had boxes of photographs from my mother's childhood, which are things that are, yes, I want to keep, but I don't want to be the one who has to haul them around all the time, so I've been moving them with me for over a decade at mm-hmm. this point, point. Um, and so I was like, all right, Mom, I'm sending this all back to you now that you have a home again, and I'm sick of moving it all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I also found a tub full of, like, I'm not even kidding you, torn out pages of YM magazine <laughs> from 1995 to 1997 like, wow. that I had kept, because they were just in a box that I'd never gone through, because I was what I, like, whatever, that's my childhood stuff, you know, yeah. like, it's there's just a few boxes of it, I'll go through it someday, and then someday never happened, so I was like, I'm not moving any of this stuff to Chapel Hill if I don't have to. And I just found so much crap. Yep.
1: Yeah. I, and isn't it I mean, it's like so freeing, it's so freeing when you get on the other side. Oh right? yeah.
0: I like I got rid of two filing cabinets full of all of my notes from my master's degree. Which wow. there's great information in there, but did I ever actually like look at it? No. Right. <laughs>
1: Right, and when were you going to? I mean, that's the thing. I think so many people get stuck in this mindset of, I might need it someday. Right. You know, I've got to hold on to this because I might need it someday. And it's like, okay, but someday has not come for five years, ten years, whatever. Point. You know, is it really going to come? And honestly, these days, is that information that you couldn't find somewhere else?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Could you really yeah. not find that? Right. From, I, I had recipes, you yeah. know, as a food
1: blogger and um, and recipe creator, I had just recipes and all mm-hmm. these things I wanted to, like, kind of do my own, in, you know, take on, my own riff on. And then I had other things that I wanted to, like, you know, wow, this looks delicious, but it's full of tons of processed junk, so I want to, like, recreate it. Tons of that. I mean, just, like, boxes. And I thought, okay, I haven't gone through this for inspiration in, like, three, four what have I been blogging now? Six years. So I haven't gone through all of these. And, you know, just honestly, the, the thought of diving in, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, like, everybody can think and rationalize, go, oh, well, you can just grab one and do it at a time. Well, does that usually happen? No. <laughs> no, no. Right? And so so I was like, you know what? I'm going to let these go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if I ever needed them again, you know, I'm sure I could find recipes to recreate online. Right. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just, it's a mental block, and there's so many, there's so many things like that that I think we just don't realize that the mental space and the weight that it's taking up. Oh,
2: seriously. Yeah.
1: Isn't it crazy? Like, those curtains I was talking about, okay, in New Hampshire, I wasn't sitting there day after day going, wow, I have curtains in a bin in the basement. This is weighing on me mentally. Right. <laughs> you don't notice until it's gone. It was like, when that basement was clean, I was like popping champagne. You no. Know? Oh. I mean, it was like... Whoa, are you kidding me? I mean, looking around, I thought, this is why. I mean, I felt 100 pounds lighter. Yeah. It
0: was incredible.
2: Well, I'll be glad when the dolls are gone.
0: Oh, I still have all these old, all <laughs> the, like, American Girl doll collections and all this stuff from my family that we had, we did move because it's mm-hmm. boxes and boxes and boxes, and I want to sell it, but I need to, you know, either find someone to, whatever. mm mm-hmm. um, so, that we, we moved here in a six-foot by seven-foot by eight-foot moving container. Yeah. So, that was all of, awesome. all of our stuff. But I would say probably, like, a sixth of it was still stuff from my family that I, had mm-hmm. a chance, that I didn't feel comfortable throwing away or donating. But because we moved relatively quickly, didn't have time to, like, figure out to send it, you know, where to send it or if it was worth sending or whatever. Yeah. So... That that has been weighing on Rachel yeah. more than me. I'm not, it's not weighing I mean,
2: It's just like, I don't, I don't know where to put it. It's like these yeah. tiny boxes of dolls. And...
1: Well, and you know it's on the way out. Right. So it's not like it has to find a treasured place in your right. new home. And, right. right. As you guys downsize even further to an RV, yeah. you know, it's not like it's coming with you. So it is always, it feels probably now like a task unfinished. It, yes. it does. So yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I have that too. But another unfinished task. We've had these cast irons sitting in the corner of our kitchen for a year and a half. Yeah. That I was like, I'm going to strip these and reseason them, and then I just never did because it seemed daunting. But I actually uh-huh. started that process on Saturday. Awesome. And so that's an unfinished task that has been that has been weighing on me for yeah. over a year. And now I'm like, now I live in the south. I've got to use cast iron. You're like, I got to make biscuits. Gotta make biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make biscuits.
1: Well, and now you have time to do it right. because there's not all the other stuff right. on you as well.
0: Right. I'm not yeah. running a business and starting a business and moving at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot going on. Yeah. Because you sold your, your
0: acupuncture practice. Is that correct? I did. Yes. I yeah. an acupuncture practice um, and that was bittersweet. Yeah, and I mean, I've never sold the business before, so it was a very big learning curve.
3: Mm-hmm. A
0: lot to navigate. A lot to navigate. Um, and yeah, and then we are focusing fully on Joy Patrol, which is our joint business. Yep, beautiful,
1: and the wonderful podcast and the podcast. And yep, the podcast. that goes.
0: Yep, that goes with it. Um, awesome. Yeah, all about helping people find find joy in their lives and a big big bringer of joy in our lives is food so that's part of why we're talking to you today <laughs> yeah
1: exactly right yeah. <laughs> we can
0: connect over
1: food so um and joy yeah and rv and rv and natural health yeah. and like a million other things all- yeah i love that. <laughs> i love that all the things and you know i think that's so important i love what you guys are talking about with uh with finding joy in in everyday occurrences in the simple i mean obviously like a lot of people can feel joy when they're standing on the edge of, you know, the Grand Canyon and looking over, and it's, like, magnificent. Wow, this is amazing. But, you know, uh, I know we're talking pre-show about, you know, maybe your cat's just in a box and, like, the sunlight's coming through the window in just a perfect way. and That's a joyful moment. Exactly. Yeah. We. So what brought you to this? I mean, how did you – have you just always been a joy seeker or
2: <laughs> – well, I think we're both pretty joyful people, um, as we go through life. But it, I mean, you know, it, with anything, it's 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 kind of difficult to like always be joyful. Cause oh yeah, right. Circumstances are life goes along, and it's it's difficult to like keep your yourself positive um, from day to day. But I think um, Crystal is is very good at having like a big a big vision for what she wants mm-hmm. for her life. Yeah. Um, but I've been going through some, some transition in terms of, like, what I want for my life in terms of my career. Um, mm-hmm. I was in higher ed. I did education coming out of college, and I think I did that because both my parents were educators, and I, and I didn't really have, like, a, a, a big idea of what I wanted for myself. I just kind of did what I thought I should do. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of out of obligation almost because I thought, oh, I'll get a good job and I'll have a salary and I'll be provided for and it'll be fine. Like oh, and you'll stay at that job until you yeah, retire. Yeah, uh, I'll just... make I'll make my parents proud and everything will be great, right? hmm um, Kind of the standard thing, right? Right. Like, yeah, make my dad proud, make my mom proud, and everybody will be happy. Um, it wasn't really for me necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I I kind of. Hit this point where I was fed up with that. Um, my job was an hour away,
0: and I had to get up early and do a commute on the train. And well, and people kept saying, "Well, if you want to get a you know a better position, you have to be presenting at conferences and doing all this stuff and getting all these like extra certifications." And Rachel was just like, "I don't care. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have the drive to do that.
2: Higher education or anything related to <laughs> like the job that I had to." to to get promoted or move up but it's just like yeah I don't care like I'm not passionate about this it doesn't
0: Mm -hmm. really bring me joy at all and she had never entertained the idea of doing anything else and then she met me who like (laughs) I'd wanted to be an acupuncturist since I was seven so I like worked for an acupuncturist in high school and then I went to acupuncture school and then I opened my own business and I just I've never done the traditional like obligatory societal expectation anything
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: she was like, oh, wait.
1: There's another option. There,
0: there's another option. You work – I mean, I worked a lot, but I made my own hours, you know. So it was – it wasn't like someone else was saying, you have to be here 8 to 5. Yeah. Right. You
2: chose exactly what you wanted yeah. to do. It
0: was like, I had 12. 12- well, and you were passionate about it. Exactly. So she realized, like, oh, maybe I could do something else with my time. Mm-hmm. So I, I quit
2: my job in higher education, and I – did a farm program. I did urban agriculture for. Oh, cool. Um, so once again, the whole foods, like going back to real, food, real yeah. food and being very close to where the food comes from, um, about as close as you can get. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to be farmer. I'm going to do farming in the city. I won't ever have to leave the city and I can be there. Crystal can be an acupuncturist forever. I can be a farmer forever. It's going to be great. Um, and, it, it was awesome. I did it for a year, and then I kind of hit this point where I was like, "If I'm um, working for a farm, I'm gonna make like eight fifty an hour
0: and have <laughs> hard manual labor and very like early, early hours." Yeah. Rachel is yeah. the least morning person I've ever met.
2: Uh... <laughs>
1: And she's doing all these things that make her get up really early. Yeah, she's <laughs> getting up
2: at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's crazy. So as much as I love, I kind of really, really love growing food, um, it, it, it wasn't really the best career choice in terms of like my constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not for my, um, my my goals in terms of making money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I I looked for a while in in ways I could combine my educational background and my farming background, and then um, and then I got sick in in the spring, and I had this terrible um, bone infection behind my ear, and mm-hmm. I was in the hospital for eight days, and I really 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 could have could have died. Yeah, wow. emergency yeah. surgery. Um,
0: so if you have, that's scary. If you have an ear infection and it doesn't seem to be going away <laughs> for months,
1: something might be up. Maybe
0: maybe seek a specialist's opinion. Go go to an ENT.
2: <laughs> Don't just say, "Oh, I'll be fine." Um, yeah, that that's that's
1: uh, a lesson
0: that I can I can pass on.
1: That's really scary. Yeah, um,
0: and that's a wake up call. It is absolutely so. That's what happened. She was in the. In the hospital, had emergency surgery, got discharged, and still needed six weeks of home health care where the nurse came and took care of her. And there was one day we were home, and she was was super weak, was barely able to shuffle around the house, really. And she had gone back to the kitchen, and I went back to meet her, and she, like, turned to me, and she had this just glowing smile on her face. (laughs) And I was like, babe, what? What's up? Like I haven't seen you look this happy in a long time. <laughs> What's going on? Because she still had a had a pick line for the IV fluids and like, you know, she was still pretty wow. N- had not fully recovered yet. Sure. And she said, "I get to choose how I feel." Like I've been moping around. Wow. And that, you know, thinking that this is just depressing and sad and I'm weak and I should have I should have known better than to let this infection, you know, all of these like shame and blame. But at the same point, I can also choose to be happy and choose to celebrate the fact that I'm alive Mm -hmm. and that this, the insurance is covering a lot of it. And, you know, like you get to choose what you focus on. Yep. And in that moment, like everything changed.
1: Boom. Yeah. Worldview. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, it was a watershed moment for me, yeah.
1: And it's huge. (laughs) It's huge because we are. We are totally in control of our view on the world. And like you said before, we don't always have control over the exterior or external circumstances sure there's going to be stresses there's going to be in fact a lot of times when we start trying to focus more on the positive it's almost like the universe wants to test us So we get like oh yeah more challenges to like overcome <laughs> yeah and like have to see the positive through and it's not always about being like positive and like um like pollyanna like oh it's just like i'm going to be oblivious and totally like i'm going to be positive no matter what it's truly about framing the way that you see the world differently. It really is a mind, a mindset <laughs> uh, change.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Because there's a lot of people who say, "Well, you just, you just have to be positive about everything." And it's like, well, it's that's not, not realistic. It's not realistic. Yeah. No. So it's,
1: it's, and you have to feel your feelings. Exactly.
0: Right? That's our thing. Like, feel your feelings. If you feel crappy, feel crappy. Give yourself permission, but don't get stuck in it. Yeah. Right. So acknowledge right. that, okay, this was a really crappy situation, um, I felt terrible, I, I feel terrible, but I can focus on these other things that are positive
2: Right. at and you, the same and time. You can, you can turn the way you're feeling around yeah. and move forward.
1: Well, and say, okay, this was an icky situation or whatever it was, and say, but I'm going to put my attention over here, right? you know, on this other thing, on another direction I want to go. It's not like I'm building a smokescreen and going, oh, that didn't happen. Everything's positive and wonderful and roses. It's like, okay, that happened. It was icky. Um, I felt awful about it. You know, yeah, I felt all my feelings. But now in the big scheme of things, like I'm able to pull back from myself, look like an observer from 30,000 feet and go, okay, what's really going on here in life? Right. That's a huge skill to be able to pull out of yourself and look like you're watching a movie Mm -hmm. and see what's really going on. Because when we're in it, like, and we're really in our bodies with that, it's really hard sometimes to see the full picture. It is. And the thing is,
0: all of these things that we get so so caught up in in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of our lives are blips. Even things mm-hmm. that last years are blips for most right. lifespan. Right. Right. And it's you know I always tell myself in a story, in a really good, compelling story or movie or whatever it is, there are ups and downs. Because if it was just like happy-go-lucky the entire time, there'd be nothing worth it wouldn't to talk about. Right. It wouldn't <laughs> it would be it wouldn't hold your attention. So you. You, you're going to have these, these down times and these icky times, and it's how you choose to come out of that that makes a story. Because it, it also, if you get stuck in it and are just like, ah, eh, this sucks, everything's terrible, ugh, life is awful, that's not compelling either. That's a boring story too. <laughs> right. So you need those ups and downs. You need that contrast to really yeah.
2: learn, and learn grow. and grow and appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Right. True. And
1: I mean, it is in some of those darkest times that we realize, you know, that our challenges are sort of our greatest gifts. And like at the time, that sounds so blase and Mm -hmm. so hallmark and like,
3: you know, you don't
1: want you don't want to think about that. But I mean, like for me, I know that the trajectory of my life was changed so much through chronic illness. And at the time when I was going through it, I'm like, this is the worst Mm -hmm. Ever Like, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. There were many times I didn't want to survive it. It was like, I'm just done. I was hurting all the time, 24 seven. I mean, it was just awful, awful, awful. Yeah. But there was this little voice somewhere really deep. And sometimes it was really hard to hear, but that was like, you're going to come out the other side of this and it's all going to be worth something. You're going to be able to like use this to help other people. And now I look back and it's like, wow, like I can't believe, number one, that I went through all of that. Number two, that it lasted so long. Um, But that I came out the other side and it's exactly true. I am able to help people um, because I have a deeper understanding of what it's like to be in that and to be sick. and And I think it really does make you so much more grateful for... The good times, it makes you go grateful for all the times, really, but you really do appreciate the simple joys more. It doesn't have to be like, oh, this, you know, star-studded one once-in-a-lifetime moment that you're happy about or this unrealistic, I'm going to be happy when I get to X, Y, Z. Right. I see. I hear a lot of that. You know, I'm going to be happy when I fill in the blank. Yeah. Lose 20 pounds or... <laughs> move to this area or learn this new skill or get out of this job. I mean, it's always like, and some people said it like kind of
0: unattainably, you know, like, yeah. Uh This this fantasy of, you know, when everything's perfect, then I'll actually be happy, but
3: perfect Mm -hmm. doesn't
0: exist. Perfect is a Mm -hmm. construct. (laughs) So, you know, that's, that's our whole thing is helping people find that joy and find that happiness right now, wherever they are in their lives. Yeah. Because we all have happy moments and we all have sad moments. And it's just a matter of what you choose to put your focus on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so true.
1: It is about where you put your focus. And we talk a lot about um, in with our clients. And I I know I've mentioned on the podcast before about building in resilience. And, you know, I think when I first started working with clients six years ago, it was like, people would say I want to get healthy I want to be healthy like it was this town that we were going to get to and live there happily ever after right Mm -hmm. kind of the same with happy like I'm going to get there I'm going to be happy and then I'm just going to stay there Right. right but that's not real and it's not what it is it's actually like a journey it actually is like there are going to be these ups and downs there are going to be stressful times and bad times and you know, all these things, we're going to get sick, we're going to have deaths in the family, we're going to have, like, all these things mm-hmm. that we have to ride out. And so what we want to build in is resilience so that as you navigate that roller coaster, you come back
0: up faster. Exactly. Yep. And, yeah. And instilling the fact that it's 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 work on mm-hmm. your part. So similar to you with your, your clients, my patients would come and be like, well, I I want to be healthy. So mm-hmm. come fix me, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, All right, well, no. <laughs> you need to change this, this, and this about your lifestyle and your diet, and you yeah. know, if you want to get to whatever your goal is. Right. And a lot of times, people are like, "Well, I'm not willing to make that sacrifice." I'm like, "Well, okay, mm. then." Not willing to be <laughs> healthy. It, you know, there's so much immediate gratification in our in our lives today that people don't understand that it can take effort and it can take time and it takes practice to be joyful or to be healthy or whatever it is that you're trying mm-hmm. to achieve right it's not just like oh i want this and just thinking it is going to make it happen and sometimes
2: you have right. to be a little bit uncomfortable oh yeah way
0: to help absolutely. absolutely yeah transition
2: yeah yeah like
0: it's, it's going to push you out of your comfort zone you're you're not going to it's not going to feel easy but that's part of it like stepping into that sort of vibrational um dissonance dissonance mm-hmm. um and and then making getting used to that and then when that's your new norm so i mean for instance with food you know when we switched over to eating real food it was it's a transition right um, it is and then stuff that you used to love like i used to freaking love coca-cola and cheetos growing up like that mm-hmm. was my that was my jam yeah, yeah.
2: And now
0: I can't like the thought of drinking Coke makes my teeth hurt yeah mm-hmm. And I used to drink multiples a day and it was that was not like, oh, overnight I decided I'm done drinking Coke. It was like right a transition and then it got to the point where I was like, oh, I've had more days not drinking it than I had drinking it or whatever it is right, right. And then your your stuff starts to shift and you realize, oh, I can't the idea of putting that in my body is horrifying. Right. Or if Not
1: only does it not
0: sound good because my taste buds have changed and whatever, right. but
1: it, yeah, just thinking about the chemicals mm-hmm. and thinking about what it would do to you and like when you start understanding like on a cellular level what that affects.
0: Right. And that's yeah. not to say that you know we eat perfectly. Right. Especially of with not. this move, with all of our right. kitchen stuff being packed up, and you know, like it, you know, so. I tend to operate on the 80-20 type of rule, where, like, the majority of the time you're trying to eat real food or focus on the positive or whatever, but you give yourself that space to be human. Yeah. Right. Right? There has to be approaching it with a bit
1: of grace. And while I've never been just a huge fan, I mean, I know listeners have heard me say this before, of the 80-20, because I think... The twenty very often has to be pretty darn good. It can't be. Oh yeah. Most often, like, oh, I'm just doing McDonald's and Coca-Cola and like all this stuff. Like, oh yeah, all of it. But
0: the principle, the mindset behind it is beautiful. Yeah, because it is great. <laughs> That's definitely. I'm talking about the the mindset, the idea of like you can't be a hundred percent at everything all the time. No, right? No, and, and you wouldn't want to be exactly. And it comes into play too with us for community I forget who someone wrote about it where um you know you want to eat real food and follow these principles but you also need to be in community with people mm-hmm. to, to be healthy right and right. if the people you're in community with don't eat that food do you want to go in and be like oh I can't eat any of that because it's not you know organic or pastured or local local or gluten-free or whatever it is
3: mm-hmm. so then you
0: isolate yourself from those people because of your morals or whatever it is instead of just saying okay this is going to be part of that you know 20 percent right maybe give myself a little room because
1: yeah a little room and I think you know a lot of times we get caught up in that especially when people are first transitioning especially like to a real food diet and and healthier living a lot of times they're coming off of being really sick oh yeah So in the beginning of healing, as you know, like you have to be sometimes really, you'd have to be that 100% Mm -hmm.
0: for a time.
1: Yeah. And if you've got food allergies or whatever, I mean, we know that there's different circumstances there. And so some people have to be really, really vigilant for a time. Yeah. But there, it's like I always talk about the pendulum swing. Mm -hmm. It's like we go to 100%, we do some healing, and then very often the pendulum kind of comes back and people have this little bit of a rebellion where it's like, oh, my God, I've been living like this for two years, and, like, I never get to do anything, I never get to eat anything, I never get to go anywhere, you know, it's yeah. like, ah, freaking out, right? Yeah. Uh, like, if I drink another green smoothie, I'm going to, like, <laughs> lose my mind, right? Yeah. And so, so the pendulum goes back the other way, and then typically it's a pretty quick, you know, swing to where it comes back in the middle and there's more balance because it really is about coming into balance. And so I think, again, it makes sense that we have to go so strict for a time because when you're coming from the standard American diet, Oh yeah, your pendulum was already really far the other way. Right. So you have to come that opposite way to try to like do the healing, but then to come back and be in community and like, you know, I mean, I know in real food circles, like we build, community and we you know we join up with other people and this what's so great about the RVing lifestyle is we get to meet people that we're connected with online we get to meet them all over the country and have these you know real food dinners and and community times but if you're surrounded with people that aren't quite there yet you know you do have to figure out okay what is the balance here because I want to see My friends, I want to see my family. I want to participate. And there's creative ways to do that. I mean, bringing, you know, of course, education Mm -hmm. is great, but a lot of times people don't want to hear it. Right. You know, but if you bring the food, if it's a potluck or you bring a dish to share or whatever, I mean, it's yummy food, right? Right. (laughs) Absolutely. I know when we were first changing our diets, our families were kind of freaked out. And they really thought, I know they thought we were eating like tofu and cardboard, right? right? They were like, oh, it's healthy food. Oh, my God. (laughs) And they kind of didn't want to come to our house. Yeah. And then they finally did because they realized like, okay, it's going to look really bad if we don't like eventually go. She's been inviting me for dinner for like six months, right? (laughs) And so finally they come over and it was like, it was actually really funny because everybody was practically like licking their (laughs) plate and like putting food in their pockets, you know, to take home because it was like real really food. food exactly right. it's and so it's so
0: nourishing yeah
1: it's their bodies go like oh my god this is what i've been looking for right
0: yeah yeah it makes such a difference
1: and i honestly 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 showing people through food by bringing the food to the events or you know if you're going to a potluck or you're going to a holiday party or anything like that bringing a wonderful amazing dish to share modeling the behavior is such a huge way to bring people over
0: to your camp
1: rather than hey, you need to eat this and you need to eat that and I won't eat this and I won't right. eat
0: that. And that's what we that's what we tried to do. We always tried to especially when we hosted, make mm-hmm. sure that there was real food available for for everybody, right? For yeah. the people who are really gluten free because they have celiacs, mm-hmm. uh, you know the people who are vegan, just all of it. We always made it a point of making sure there were op- like, not just one, but many options for options. everybody because yeah. I've through the years, I've been vegan and vegetarian and paleo and, you know, all the different things. And I've been to so many events where there was not even one option that I could write. Yeah. And you're like in the
1: corner with a carrot. stick. Right. Right. So just, yeah. And I am
0: not a fan of raw carrots. <laughs> <laughs> always carrot sticks, um, but, it's always carrot sticks and celery sticks. It is. And you know, yeah. just trying to to make sure that options are available and it's not just like oh here's the hummus for right for every for all of the you know for the for the vegans and the celiacs and the dairy-free people here's your but hummus. if you're paleo you can't have that right exactly and it's just so i always am like what can we make that includes everybody yep yeah yeah and is delicious and is not going to make anybody feel like an afterthought or like they have to eat beforehand and for mm-hmm. me Everybody that's just protein and they get yeah. vegetables so they feel full and that's just that's just what you do it's, to me <laughs> but right. we've experienced that that that's not always how other people are so we we started just bringing our own dishes to things even if it wasn't yeah. necessarily a potluck just being like right. hey, can we bring a dish to share because
1: Cause then we have hungry. something to eat. we're hungry.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's so true. It is true. And I wrote an article. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link to this on the show notes. So, again, if you're listening, I know you're probably multitasking. Mm-hmm. On realfoodwholehealth.com under podcasts, under episodes. There's going to be detailed show notes for everything that we're talking about. So links to um, the podcast and articles and books and anything else that we're talking about, uh, you'll find it all there. But I wrote an article about, you know, entertaining and navigating not only when you're hosting guests, but if you are a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, it's really something um, to kind of, like, you know, bring that dish to share. And one thing I tried to model was labeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, like, if I was hosting... I would just put a, a little label. It didn't have to be fancy or crazy, but a little label on what something was. And I went a little bit further with the, the basic ingredients. Yeah. Um, because you never know what people like, don't like, or avoiding, you know, need to avoid or allergic to, whatever it is. Um, it wasn't that big of a deal to just write down, like, okay, here's this casserole, and it has, you know, potatoes and milk and cheese and thyme and whatever you know just a really quick little thing right um and then as I would go to places I would bring that little card or whatever to set next to it and as people started seeing that they were like oh like I never thought of doing that right but it really helps a lot of people and it helps you as a guest not to have to go to the hostess and say you know that looks really good, but what's in it, Right, right. <laughs> you know, and then you sit there and you're like, okay, that sounds great. Now I'm not going to eat any. Right. Right. Um, because it has splendor or something that you don't want to have, you know, and like a lot of those things you just don't know um, and that you can model. And so bringing your own food, eating something before you go, like there's all these tricks that work. And I think as you work to educate your community, your friends, um, your family, and they just get kind of used to that, like, the way that you're eating and tasting how amazing and wonderful the food is, it really starts to open doors.
0: Yeah. It absolutely yeah. does. It was funny for our – we had a wedding two years ago, and then we had the reception last year.
1: And so uh-huh. we were trying
0: to keep it, you know, pretty low-key, casual, fun, but we wanted to feed everyone. And it was overwhelming trying to – accommodate all of our friends' different food things and keep it under budget and still be good local food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And we finally ended up saying, you know what, we're going to make it a picnic dinner. You bring whatever you want, (laughs) and we'll have a dessert table. And the dessert table had gluten-free. It had vegan. It had... um, like no, no refined sugar desserts. And then it had regular desserts too. But we had multiple people come up to us and say, this is the first wedding I've ever been to where I could eat food. That's awesome. (laughs) And it just, it seemed kind of tacky because we were like, bring your own food. It's a picnic, sit on the lawn. But then everybody's reaction was so great. And it was, it it was just another example of thinking outside the box,
3: Mm -hmm. you know, when it
0: comes to food. Um, And we specifically asked, like our, we have friends who are, They call themselves paleo-vegan. We're still a little confused about that, but we love them, (laughs) dearly. And, you know, we asked them to bring a dessert because we knew that it would be vegan and refined sugar-free. And, you know, just it would be sweetened with, I don't even know what they used. but Honey? honey. Oh, not honey. Not honey, but, yeah. But they were delicious. They were these, like, coconut macaroons. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was an option. And, you know, it was just, it was really nice to have this huge dessert table. We didn't have to worry about all of our constraints that we put on our own food because you know right. pie. yeah we brought we brought pie from local like there's a local flour mill that they use you know all of this stuff so it wasn't paleo but it was still local um, right and then we got our food from this amazing local restaurant but some people brought like Wendy's and that was fine because that's their because that's about
1: the community exactly
0: so everybody was able to eat what they wanted. Or eat beforehand, or not eat at all. You know, whatever it was, right. and it just took so much pressure
3: off of us, <laughs> off
0: of everybody. Yeah. Because there's there's also the thing of like showing up to a wedding and the food's terrible, or you can't eat anything, and you have like whatever it is. So it just right. it took pressure off of everyone, and it was kind of cool to just completely break the mold that way.
1: I, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it because you get to enjoy your wedding reception and your time with your
3: friends
1: right? Um, and, and in the community without it being this big thing. Because I know a lot of times, like, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about it and analyzing it and thinking about what am I going to make and who's – it's right for this person and that person. And it is stressful. And it's like we really just want to get together. right? We really just want to get together and hang out. And I know, like, for so long, food has been this huge thing – and get-togethers, like, it really is hard. I remember going to a friend's house. We were raw vegan for a short time while we were transitioning to real food before we really knew about traditional foods, ancestral foods. We were raw vegan for a time. And I remember going to a friend's for dinner, and, like, we brought a watermelon because <laughs> that's all we could yeah. eat. It was like, then <laughs> we just sat there and ate a watermelon, and they ate whatever. But it was like, hey, we're together. We're hanging out. Oh. You know, it's difficult to navigate those situations, but I love that thinking outside the box. It's like, hey, everybody bring what works for you Mm -hmm. and let's get together. And it doesn't matter if it's Wendy's or this or that. I mean, of course, we hope, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not, we hope not, but it doesn't really matter for the community aspect. You're there, you're celebrating. It's not this crazy, stressful thing. And to be honest, I mean, it really is expensive to provide real, good, local, organic, all of these things, food for a hundred people. Oh, Oh, my Lord. It's
0: crazy. I (laughs) I know what we did at our wedding, and it was like, yeah, it's insane. It's nuts. And it also, this way it puts the onus on each individual to to make sure that they're taken care of because often as people especially in society the way it is now everybody blames everybody else for whatever's going on you know like mm-hmm. oh well they didn't they didn't provide me food that i could eat well it's like well did you did you advocate for yourself what what could you have done did they even know? right exactly so this way it was just like okay we are we are being very clear about our intentions <laughs> and then it's up to you and if you leave our wedding hungry that's there's no it's, one, it's didn't,
3: break right, it's, yeah. not, it's not anybody's
0: <laughs> fault but your own, um, and that's a big thing with us in general, just being intentional about all of the things that we do and making it very clear what we expect from others yep. and um, what we need, <laughs> trying to ask, ask for, asking for help and asking for what we need, yeah. um, which mm-hmm. is difficult for me, especially.
3: <laughs> I think it's difficult
1: for a lot I of is, people. yeah. It is. It's um it's something that we were almost
0: kind of taught not to do. Oh, yeah. Especially as women, you know, we're supposed to mm-hmm. be helpful and supportive of everybody else. Right. Yeah.
1: So And part of running a good household and being a good wife and being a good. I mean, there's all these conventions, yeah, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Shoulds and, and musts and all those things on us, um, when really that's not that's not real life.
0: Right. right. And I shouldn't say just yeah. as women because men are ingrained to, you know, oh, totally. take care of everything and be the man and blah, blah, blah. And and never so show their emotions. Never show their emotions. And... So they also have trouble yeah. asking for help. So um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm totally thinking about, you know, Darren Greatly, Brene mm. Brown. I'm totally thinking about those chapters. Yeah. I'm going to put a link on the show notes again to this book that we're talking about, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. But it's all about that, you know, the vulnerability and showing up and all of that. But I love you know, those chapters where she talks about sort of what's ingrained in us as, as women and as men and, and the shame that we bring to it and the, and the musts and the shoulds that are on us. Oh,
0: yeah. Her work is so, yeah.
1: so amazing. Her work is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I just, I so agree with you, and I think it's really important. Again, it is about a mindset. It is about a focus. And it is about finding that joy in in being together in community, while still honoring what you need, yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah, that's huge.
1: <laughs> so I can't. Where Where are going to be your some of your first stops on your trip? Do you have any kind of itinerary planned out? Um,
0: we don't super. It depends on what when we actually leave. Yeah. Um, because our goal right now is to really pay off my student loans. Because ac- acupuncture school is expensive, y'all. Um, yeah,
2: is. <laughs> um, you don't get paid the same as like a medical doctor.
0: Yeah. Um, so we're we're gonna focus on paying those off and then saving up to get a get a rig of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so however long that takes us, and then we're pl- depending on when we leave, we're gonna. Yeah, we, Rachel hasn't experienced um, fall in the Northeast, so.
2: We would definitely like
0: to do that. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I know. It's, it's one of my favorites. I went to school in Boston, and that was – it was amazing. I was from Hawaii, where we have no seasons. And right. My first, my first fall, I was, like, 17, and it was Halloween, and we were trick-or-treating, and I was kicking the dead leaves on the ground, and everything was <laughs> orange. And I was, like, I'm in, a,
1: like, a storybook. This is so phenomenal. I know. Yeah. Like,
0: the cobblestone streets. It was just so oh. picturesque.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I grew up in T- in Dallas and uh, in Texas, and um, it was hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember lots of heat. Um. No, but it was hot, and like we had fall, but it was brown, right. and then um, and then we went to winter, which was ice. Right. <laughs> um you know and so we matt and i moved he's from philadelphia so we were, lived in um, pennsylvania for a short time while we were moving to connecticut and our first year in connecticut we actually got there right before um halloween and it was so stunning i mean i couldn't i just couldn't believe it there were no words i mean how is it so pretty yeah. The colors, like, I mean, you know, you see all the fall colors, right? Like yellow and orange and red and la-di-da. But the the range of yellows and oranges and reds and, like, bright pinks and, like, I mean, so red, it's it hurts your eyes. Like, it's just crazy. Um, you know, orange maples that look like the trees on fire. I mean, just absolutely stunning. And, like you said, it was so awesome, to see that season and, and go apple picking and drink the fresh pressed cider and, um, you know, experience those nights. And then here comes the snow, yeah. right? Right in time for Christmas. Um, that it was really magical. I really loved living in New England. And it was funny when we were in Connecticut, everybody was going to Vermont,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like the fur leaf peeping, you know, and I'm like, why would you leave? Why <laughs> you go to Vermont? Like, look at it here. And then we went to Vermont. Yeah. And it was like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> this is too amazing. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe it. And in fact, the the weekend that we went to Vermont, um, we'd only lived in Connecticut a couple weeks, and we were like, road trip, let's go. And uh, we get up there, and it was cold. It was really cold, but the air smelled like maple. Mm-hmm everywhere because everybody was burning the wood yeah. and so we're driving around with the windows open like smelling <laughs> the fires because the whole air smelled like me i'm
0: like okay this is definitely a wonderland yeah. vermont is yeah. amazing so oh my god that is definitely so cool. on the agenda but i'm yeah. sure we will be reaching out to you for advice on, on-
2: oh i love to give you <laughs> and we love we love your instagram we love to people on all your pictures
0: Oh, oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> every, every time you post, we're like, did you see what Amy's eating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, when we first started researching, we talked to one woman who lived out of a sprinter van, and she was like, the food on the road is terrible. Just suck it up and eat Chipotle every day. Eat Chipotle and the Whole Foods prepared bar, and you're just going to get oh, sick of it, yeah. and that's fine. And we were like, I think you're lying. And then yeah. we came across you shortly thereafter, and I was like, see, look, that other lady was alive. <laughs>
3: because,
1: like, she doesn't know how to cook, basically. But Right. And, you know, I mean, okay, so, like, we do a mix, yeah. you know, of cooking and of, of eating out, and when we first started on the West Coast, it was kind of amazing because, um, and I know I talked about this in some of our Travel Tuesday episodes, it was like, kind of overwhelming, like all the places that we could go because there were so many real food options and it was like, eat all the things. Like we couldn't pick (laughs) restaurants. I mean, I'd like go through and I I was like, okay, I want to go here and here and here and here and here. And Matt's like, I don't think there's enough meals (laughs) for us to go there. Like, we can't just eat seven meals a day. That's not going to work. So, <laughs> and then our obviously our wallet was like, you're going to do right. what? Right. And so, um, <laughs> and so, you know, when we were picking out um, an RV or a motorhome that we wanted, a kitchen was, of, of course, very yeah. important to me. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that I had the room to cook and, and that I had, for me, a residential size right. fridge freezer was like kind of a must. Yeah. Um, now I know there's other people that make it work and that's great. And, and I think you can kind of make anything work. Yeah. Um, but for me, just in my lifestyle, I was like, yeah, I I know I'm going to be making broth. I know I'm going to be making, mm-hmm. you know, all these things ahead of time. And like, really, I think people were still sort of surprised, especially looking at the Instagram. They were like, wait a minute, you're cooking. I thought you were eating out for every meal. It's like, no, I eat breakfast at home every day. I mean, we may go out to breakfast like once a month, if that, um, Eat breakfast at home every day. Eat lunch at home at least. Mm, I'll say probably five times a week, mm-hmm. and then dinner. Um, it's probably four. In most places, it's about four nights a week that I'm cooking here at home. Um, certain areas, and certainly in the beginning, it was like maybe a little bit less, but we were still really cooking quite a bit. And people go, "Oh, you got to do a cookbook about what you can make on the road." I'm like, "I make the same Thank stuff."
3: You.
1: <laughs> It's really no different. Like I'm not roasting a Thanksgiving turkey in my convection oven, Uh, but everything else, like I'm still able to make pretty much all the same stuff. And honestly, with my Instant Pot, (laughs) if you guys don't have an Instant Pot, you've got to get an Instant Pot. Heard Um, so much about them. Oh my lord, I love it, and I talk about it probably every podcast. It's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) They're not even paying me, and they really should.
3: Should reach out to them.
1: (laughs) I should, Um, but it's... It's, like, so awesome because my broth that I used to, you know, bone broth I used to leave on the stove for, like, two days. Um, And now I can make it in two hours, and it gels like Jello when I make it in the Instapot. It's so great. Um, And, you know, like, any kind of, like, short ribs or, or, like, roasts or anything like that, pork shoulder, anything that would normally take a while, like a day in a crock pot, takes just a couple hours. So it's really awesome, and um, that's been, you know, a huge saver, uh, space saver for us because I don't even use my Crock-Pot anymore, and um, I can throw things in frozen. Because, I mean, we're, we are working from the road. There's a lot of times I kind of forget that we're traveling, you know, because, like, we have our house. Uh, the RV all set up for our office and of course we you know it's our podcast studio and and video studio and all these other things um so a lot of days it just feels like oh wait I'm in Palm Springs I'm in Palm Springs today so it's like I'm in Palm Springs like how did I get here (laughs) (laughs) you know how did that happen um but it's been really awesome to go out and I mean of course A lot of the places that we're going there are Whole Foods or um, Natural Grocers or Trader Joe's um, or local, you know, natural food stores. Even in Kanab, Utah, we were in this little town, and right over the border in Arizona, there was a little natural food store. I thought, oh, we're not going to have anything to eat in the desert. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. There's been food everywhere we've gone, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, Nevada. I mean, real food everywhere. You just have to look, and you have to like. Sometimes you have to be a little creative with, with what you order. Right,
2: right.
1: You can't just eat everything on the menu. But I mean, I'm amazed the options. And you know, I know it wasn't like this a few years ago. Yeah, like real fruit is definitely the message is spreading. It's taken off for sure. It has. It has. So I've been really impressed, and definitely there's been places we've been able to just look it up and go right to the farm and get what we need. And, and I mean, that's been really cool to be able to connect with that all over the country. Yeah. Um, because before we were, you know, focused on building our local community, and that's amazing, but it's also been cool to kind of tap into other communities around the country. Yeah.
0: that's We initially, our initial RV plan came out of us wanting to visit, farms and write about it because we had a blog about sustainability and real food before this all started um so it's interesting how that's going and that's still part of what we want to do is Mm -hmm. visiting farms and and learning about them and possibly writing about them um, and working on them for a little while with rachel's background and yeah so doing some woofing exactly, doing some woofing that's cool
1: If you guys don't know about woofing, worldwide opportunities on organic farms, I'll put a link uh, in the show notes. But really cool opportunity. I know that we talked to Melanie Christner, um from Honest Body. Her family did that. Uh, they got an Airstream, and they went around for a year and did some woofing. And um, it, amazing experience. You go work on organic farms around the country and, honestly, around the world. But when you're RVing in the U.S., around the country. And uh, really cool definitely easy to connect with farms on there oh and um, have you guys heard of harvest host yes
0: yes yeah cool yeah so we're that's really neat planning on doing all of that I have an instant pot question actually we have a stovetop wow. pressure cooker that we use all the time mm-hmm. so I'm just like well we have that we probably don't need an instant pot but then I keep reading about the instant pot and seeing it all over the place so well it's electric it's electric right?
1: Yeah, yeah, so you plug it in, and, I mean, I don't know. I know I've know i never actually had a pressure cooker before this one. Um, I was always sort of scared of mm-hmm. them. And so I know the new modern ones have a lot of, like, fail-safes, and, you know, I mean, they're just, like, way safer <laughs> than they used right, to right. be. Right, um, But I know the electric one, like, I feel really comfortable with it, and definitely, like, for RVing, like, it's something that I can leave – plugged in and running while we're, like, taking a walk or doing whatever, um, I don't have to leave my propane stove on. Oh, yeah. That's a good – That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we – So – That was kind of the thing with the broth like when we were even at the farmhouse in in New Hampshire uh, you know we had a gas stove and so we left it on simmer I mean we were there and it there was nothing flammable around it like we were very careful about it Um, and we didn't have like young children running around there's a lot of considerations when you're gonna have an open flame right Right. Um, but in the RV like you are a lot closer it is a little smaller Um, you know I just I wasn't real keen on that plus you're gonna go through propane right a lot
0: faster. That
2: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're so
0: we're exploring. I bet your your fridge might actually be bigger than our fridge is right now. Oh, uh, we have a baby fridge. <laughs> we got to this temporary <laughs> apartment and we were like, "Oh, like I'm five two and the fridge is shorter than I am." <laughs> and it, to, when you open it, you have to bend down and it's really shallow. It's oh. so it's just funny because we came from this enormous fridge in our last apartment where we would frequently lose things in the back of it. And this, it's like. Right. Oh, we brought everything from our cooler and put it in there, and it's almost full.
1: <laughs> and it's full. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, and that that helps keep you going
0: and getting it fresh does. food. Yeah, we It does. You're like, this is probably not yeah, a we're, bad we're thing because we're not going to stuff is not going to go bad because we it's can't. Not right. always. It won't get shoved to the back, but it's also an adjustment because we're used to having a freezer full of like eight quarts of stock and things.
1: Yeah. That's yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> No, not with that it, size. And, you know, when we, in between selling the farm and doing the RV, we also had a little bit of a transition where we um, we were in Maine for three months and finished out the summer there, and um, stayed at a friend's condo, and and kind of that was our transition time while we got our RV plans in place, because it is a lot. It's a lot to organize. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and finding the right floor plan and all that, like, hugely important. Um, so we had that transition time and the place that we were staying was quite small. And so going from our big farmhouse with enormous kitchen, um, to, it was like a condo and it was still, she was still working on different parts of construction. And so the kitchen was being redone and it was like very small and very basic. Mm -hmm. And the fridge was actually in another room and was teeny, teeny, teeny. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do. Um, but, you find a way, you find a way. And like, I, I was actually um, working on a, a blog post of all the different kitchens that I've cooked real food in, because it's something I hear from clients a lot, like, well, if I only had a big right. kitchen, you know, then I could totally do this. And it's like, well, you can actually kind of do it anywhere. Because the kitchen we, in Texas, we had a pretty good sized kitchen. Connecticut, we had a tiny kitchen. There was like hardly any counter space. We actually had to buy an island and put it like on the back bar just so we yeah. had something. There wasn't even a drawer for silverware. <laughs> That's
0: how it was. I don't
1: know who I don't know who designed the kitchen, but it was crazy. And then um We had to put a freezer out in the sunroom. Like, it was just wild. And then, you know, New Hampshire, huge kitchen, main little kitchen, and then the RV. It's kind of like in between. The only thing I wish I had here was a little bit more counter space. I notice there's times when I'm like, okay, I'm working on straining the soup and doing this and chopping these vegetables and doing all of this at the same time. I wish I had, like, one more place to put stuff. Yeah. but it's totally doable, and like I said, I was really conscientious when choosing my floor plan. Um, that I wanted the residential fridge freezer. It's a French door, you know, fridge, right. and then it has the the bottom freezer. Yep, and then um, and then just making sure that the arrangement of the cabinets, and then we have like a little island uh, that pulls out, so that it gives you more counter space. But when you're traveling, like it goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, you can drive down the road. Um, So, yeah, I was really conscientious about that because, you know, I wanted it to work for us.
0: Yeah, that's important, especially when you cook a lot. (laughs) Right, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And, again, if it was something we were going to do for just a weekend or a week away or even a couple weeks away, that's one thing you can kind of make it work. But when it's going to be kind of like a, a really extended time, um, you want to have something that's going to work for you, right? right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, your your kitchen with the freezer and the sunroom and stuff sounds like our old old apartment. Yeah. We, did, we had to buy a kitchen island because there was no the only countertop was on the portable dishwasher. <laughs> Otherwise, it was a sink <laughs> and a range and a refrigerator. Uh, there was no counter space. There were no drawers. There, like, it had a huge pantry, but it was there was no there were no cabinets. It was so bizarre. So we had a freezer and a kitchen island and just stored everything outside of the kitchen. It was so, so weird.
1: It is weird, but you have to get creative. And and that's the thing is, like, you can make it work. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Even if
1: it's not your ideal setup, there's a way to make it work. So I know people seem to get discouraged um, because a lot of times people are in places, and especially in big cities, Mm -hmm. that you kind of have to make it work. Yeah absolutely there's not
0: a lot of space and what when there is a lot of space it's very expensive right <laughs> yeah, yeah we we have friends who have like the smallest kitchens i've ever seen but they make it work they, they cook they yeah. bake they you know it's like it's it's like everything it's it's like decluttering it you know you you don't know what you can get by on until you mm-hmm. have to or you choose to right, right? like there's a lot of things where I'm like, well, this is my line in the sand. Absolutely not. And then (laughs) something happens and I'm like, oh, well, okay, well, now now this is my line. (laughs) Exactly. Right. It changes. And, you know, the, the woman that we talked to who lived in a Sprinter van, they did not have a toilet in their van. And I was like, Uh, that is, I think that is an absolute Uh, hard line in the sand. I would never live in a vehicle that did not have a toilet. (laughs) But that being said, if there was ever a situation in which I absolutely had to, I could adjust, right? Like humans are, there's always a way humans are adaptable. There's always a way way you can, everything's figureoutable. I love to say that even though it's not a word, Um, (laughs) (laughs) it should be a word. It's a good word, right? Like there's, you never know what you are capable of until you really try, you know. Right. Yeah, so. It's so true.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's so true. I did have definitely some must-haves. Oh, yeah. um, You know, yeah. and as I was going through, you know, I thought, you know, I'm not just going to think about our best days. I'm not going to think about what I can make right. work. Um, You know, if we have other options. And so that's why, you know, the world of RVs is so huge. And looking at different floor plans and whatever, um, it really shows you uh, the huge variety that works for different people. And it's awesome that some people can make a small rig work. I think that's fabulous. I knew for me at this time, it wasn't realistic because of our work schedule, because um, we're here all the time, you know, with our two dogs and we're cooking and we just had these certain requirements. I was like, I'm not going to think about my best day and what I can make work. I'm going to think about what about the day that I don't feel good yeah. and I just want to like splay out on the couch or curl up in bed. Like I need it to be comfortable, adaptable. I need to think about when, you know, as much as I love Matt and and we get along because we're together 24/7, but how about that time that I just want to go in the bedroom and like close the door mm-hmm. and have my own space? Um that was really important. And so that's we just worked that stuff in and found the right floor plan. So, but it took a while. It really did it took a while. And we, you know, as I described in our first travel Tuesday episode, we thought we were going with a fifth wheel. We bought the truck. We were ready to go. We went to the RV show, ready to make a deal, and uh, they had redesigned it, and it was now 2,000 pounds heavier than we could tow yep. with the new truck that we just bought. Yeah. Yep. So it was like, whoa, major shift, but I'll tell you, everything worked out as it should have because the one that we ended up with, uh, it, it's a motorhome, a Class A drivable, and that actually is so much better
0: of a fit for us. Yeah, and you've been very helpful in our chats about this, because Rachel and I were very much like, we're going to get a type B, we're going to live out of a van with our two pets, and working (laughs) from the van, and then you were like, well, that's, that's great if that's what you think is right for you, but, you know, make sure you think through all the options, and you were very kind about it, and you were like, Oh, good. You know, think about, you know. I try to be very diplomatic yeah. instead of, well, girl, you'd be crazy. <laughs> you're like, well, if you're, think about, you know, say you have cramps one day. Do you really want to be yeah. in
1: van? Do you really want and do you want to stay in the same seat? And, right.
0: like, I know people that they do
1: have a sprinter van, and they go to the beach all day. Yeah. And that's great for them because they just need a place to go and do a quick meal right. and, and have a sleep and whatever. And so for their lifestyle, that's perfect. But for a lifestyle that you are doing other things and you're going to be in the rig more, it totally makes sense. And you know what? We started out, we actually went and looked at sprinter vans. We were going to make our own conversion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, but then we went and test drove one and got in the back and started mapping out, okay, here's where the bed goes. Here's where, oh, yeah, okay, I guess that could be, like, a love seat. Now, where do the clothes go? Oh, where's the bathroom? What do you mean I can't shower?
0: I mean, it was like, <laughs> no, that's not going to work. Yeah. No, that's, that's not going to work. work. Yeah. Yeah, so I think now we are leaning towards uh, Class A with a toe, toady. Yeah, but,
1: that's worked really uh, well for us because we go, you know, we set up home. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we get to wherever we're going, the resort, whatever. We set up home, and um, and then we've got our tow vehicle that we just go drive around just like we live right. there.
0: It makes, and it's great. It makes sense because we were thinking about a travel trailer, but we were like, well, the size vehicle that you need to tow a trailer that you're living in full time, I would not want that to be my daily driver once you set home. That,
1: that was the, the breaker for yeah. us. So we had gotten an F-350, mm-hmm. and... That was huge. I remember a friend of mine came before we, you know, we hadn't gotten the fifth wheel or anything because we just got the truck. So we were in Portland, Maine, and a friend of mine had come up from Colorado to visit, and we drove around downtown Portland, Maine for, like, an hour and a half trying to find a place we could park that truck so we could go to dinner. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then Matt dropped us off so we could go into the restaurant because at this point, like, everybody's about to eat their arm. And we go into the restaurant, and he drives around for another 30 minutes, ends up getting stuck in a parking lot because he pulled in and didn't understand, like, that it was valet and that they, you know, they had to have you back out. There was no place that could accommodate him. So he did, like, an Austin Powers situation of, like, backing in and out to get out of the parking lot. Oh, my gosh. And we had a serious conversation that night because he goes, You know, yeah, Portland, Maine, okay, there's a lot of like really cute little streets and old fashioned stuff and small parking lots, but what's it going to be like in Seattle? What's it going to be like in San Francisco? We already knew we were going to spend a month in San Francisco. It was like, what would that be like? And I got to tell you, even in our crossover SUV, parking in San Francisco was a nightmare. So a dually was what we were going to have to go to for the travel trailer that we wanted. Once they had made it heavier, I was like, okay, we got to sell the 350 and get a dually. To park a dually in a city, yeah. and then parking garages and all these things, like it just, yeah, it makes wasn't no going to work. No, and for some people, it right, does. for some people it does.
0: For yeah, for us it. It does not. <laughs> that's how
1: we felt. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like I'm on all these different RV forums and, you know, I hear all their stories and everybody likes to share pictures of, of their rigs and stuff. And, I mean, even going to the different resorts, you see there is a rig for everybody yeah. in every situation. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. I love it. That's why there's so many right. choices out there. But you got to figure out what works for you and your lifestyle. And, like, for me, like, I really wanted to have a washer dry on board. That was really important um, so that I could just throw a load in and do some work and I didn't have to worry about a laundromat or, you know, um, finding a property that had a laundromat on location. Right. Most of them have. Um, but a lot of times they're full as well. Right. So that was important to me, and that has been a godsend because, you know, at 11 o'clock at night, before we get to bed, you know, I usually go dump a load of towels on the on the bed, fold them real quick, put them away, and, you know, we're good to go. I don't have to go anywhere and remember, oh, and have all the quarters and, yeah. yeah it's- so it's just little things like that, thinking through your daily routine uh, that make a huge difference. So, but it's been a blast. It's been an absolute blast. We've really enjoyed it. And, you know, any little drawback that there has been has been so overshadowed by the amazing ability to travel and see things that we never would have been able to see otherwise. Um, and especially when we were on the farm for three years with over 200 animals and working and everything else. I mean, we we barely went anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs>
0: So we're making up for lost time. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited to be location independent when it happens because I was so married to my acupuncture practice, it was like I could leave but I couldn't ever leave for very long because Right. I if I wasn't there nobody was seeing my patients and I wasn't getting money.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's a transition. It's funny what works for you and, and again, like we talked about earlier, it's about having options. Mhm. And I think that that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And having that resilience and that flexibility to say, okay, what's going to work for me now? What's going to work at this season of life?
0: Because things change. Exactly. Things change, and there's something there's something for everyone wherever they are in their lives. It's just a matter of seeking it out. And exactly. Beautiful.
1: Well, I am so excited for you guys and your journey and I'm so excited about Joy Patrol. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the more joy that we can bring to people and get people in that mindset and in that vibration, like the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, man. I mean it helps everybody, right? Yes. <laughs> Not
0: yet.
1: just making our lives
0: great, but it helps, everybody. it helps everybody. Yeah, we had a we had a person reach out to us today just sort of out of the blue and she was like you two have changed my life and we we're like whoa Aww, okay nice. thank you that's amazing <laughs> that's awesome yeah so it's it's yeah you never know who you are inspiring and whose lives you're touching
2: Yep, it's true
1: so. you never do and that's why we all have to stand up and be seen and share our stories and share our you know our joys because you don't know whose life you're going to touch and when that message is going to hit somebody at just the right time exactly Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing the joy. I love it. Thank you for having us.
2: We have very much enjoyed this. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Awesome. Well, again, listeners, um, on realfoodwholehealth.com, under podcasts, under episodes, you'll find all those show notes for today with links to all the goodness that we talked about. Thanks so much for joining us, ladies, and take care. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today, and please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.